Hello and welcome back to the Comedians Out New podcast. This is the podcast where I, Luke Anthony, speak to fellow comedians about their life in the comedy world. This week I'm joined by Kitty Harvey. Kitty trained as an actor before becoming a burlesque performer and in 2018 she took the leap into stand-up comedy. We recorded this episode just before we performed at my night at the Bridge Comedy Club. So this is my conversation with Kitty. I really hope you enjoy. Hello, Kitty. Hello. So, what did you do before comedy and what led you to comedy? Um, So, I trained to be an actress and then I was trying to look for extra things to do, like, on my CV. So, I started um, doing taking burlesque classes and then I was part of a troupe and then I started taking other burlesque classes and then I decided that I liked it more than acting. But I always kind of ended up doing the comedy burlesque stuff. So, it was, like, comedy routines, like, dick jokes, boob jokes, etc. And I just kind of... You know, well, truthfully, I kind of wanted to do it since I was a kid, but I just never really kind of had the um, confidence to do it. And it was like the comedy burlesque that kind of made me go, you can do this because people are laughing at you when you're like naked. So, so, so was that, was that, did that make you feel better about doing it? By if you, if it's almost like if you do the comedy thing, it is, it's not as bad as doing like, burlesque itself or was it was it that or well I always thought like because I'd done like comedy burlesque like um kind of dying on stage was not going to be as bad because when you die on stage as a comedy burlesque performer you're nearly naked and no one's laughing at your jokes but having recently like died on stage for the first time it's just as bad as a a comedian (laughs) yes it's just as bad (laughs) so you thought that comedy burlesque wouldn't be as bad as dying on stage as just Mm -hmm. a burlesque dancing yeah yeah okay Okay, so you thought that if you did comedy burlesque or the comedy didn't work, then it's okay because they're looking at your body or... No, not even. Like, um, so comedy burlesque is kind of slightly different to classic burlesque. Classic burlesque is what you're thinking of, like, Dieter Von Tees, all the people in like, the Swarovskis, you know, showgirls. Whereas, like, comedy is normally, like, character-based. Okay. So um, it's just people kind of being a bit silly and just kind of making jokes, but at the same time stripping. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you're making jokes, uh, everyone's attention's on the jokes, and then they look up and there's nothing on. Well, you kind of make a joke of taking your clothes off. Right, okay, so there's irony around that. Yeah, so and... like there was one routine where I like, had spiders all kind of inside my underwear, and I was like taking them off, like, oh my god, the spider's in here. Like, I've got to take some more clothes off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that, that, that basically sums up my like 15-year-old life, where, where I did any excuse at a house party to take your clothes off and try and get some action was just like, oh no, yeah, I'm, uh, I need to stretch. Oh, I put my arm around someone. It's just the same, same thing, really, except not... <laughs> Except spiders are involved. <laughs> Except spiders. Did you actually have like fake spiders? I had like, on you? plastic spiders, like okay. inside, like stockings and stuff, and I'd like flick them off, and like all these spiders and glitter would just go like everywhere. Yeah. That was a Sally Stitches from a Nightmare Before Christmas routine. So I used to do like <laughs> characters and stuff. So when did you first start doing burlesque then? Um, so like back when I was like twenty five, I was um, part of a troupe called the Burlesque Babes, which is the City Academy, which is a um, kind of acting, dancing, um, kind of, I guess, like, night school thing. Okay. Um, in London, it's based at Erdang Academy, is where I used to do it. Um, and, yeah, I started doing it back then, and then I kind of did the cheek of it as well, which is, like, another burlesque school. There's, like, quite a few, like, burlesque like, courses that you can take in London. And so I started doing that one, and 
that was more involved in like stripping, whereas like the City Academy one was more kind of like jazz dancey stuff. Okay, and then a I was bit like, more classy, um, smoky. <laughs> jazz, jazz, jazz. Like, <laughs> it was like musical theatre kind of jazzy stuff. And then I was like, oh, I just fancy taking my clothes off, so I did the stripping <laughs> one instead. Okay, okay. <laughs> there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. Nothing there wrong is nothing wrong with, that. wrong with taking no. your clothes off. I love, I love taking my clothes off, especially when I'm about to have a bath. I, so I did it when I was 25, and then I took like a couple of years break, and I started getting back into it again when I was like 28. Okay. And now I'm 34. Okay. So, and so, what did your what did your parents think to you doing this? Um, so my mum thought it was tacky. Okay. My dad, by the way, should preface this. My dad is gay and has a husband. Okay. Okay. So it's not creepy that he thought it was amazing. So like he just used to come to my shows and stuff and like. Okay. And I was, yeah, that was really off-putting when he used to come. <laughs> it, was. it was really nice, but it was like I could hear my dad like whooping, and I'm just like, oh, taking my clothes off, and my dad is cheering for me. <laughs> if you're still doing the comedy, but I started to be an easy material. Oh no, that's what I was doing. Oh, you were, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I, I don't even invite my parents to my comedy nights, let alone me taking my clothes off. You know? I mean, uh, I think my da- I do want my dad to come, but maybe not my mum, because she, she doesn't have, like, she has a very different sense of humour to me. <laughs> Let's put it that way. She's like, oh, Mr Bean is the height of comedy. And I'm like, oh, my comedy's a little bit ruder than that. <laughs> <laughs> so you were an actor originally, mm-hmm. and you, you, you turned to burlesque because it was, it was, it was easy work? No, it? it's because it was like, it was more kind of like you get to direct yourself. Whereas like, you okay. know, with acting, you have a play, you have a script, you have to do what the director says. With burlesque, you can take direction yourself. You're mm. the one that like, you kind of choreograph the whole entire routine. You make the story because normally it's like a five minute story or like five minutes or slightly longer story. So you make the story, you choreograph it yourself, you cut the track together yourself. It's all you doing it. So you don't have to take direction from anyone unless you want to, which is sometimes useful to do. Yeah. But it's just like it's more about you have more, like more control. Okay. Like in comedy, where I like see. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. don't have to take direction mm. unless you want to. So I mean, I don't have a great a great deal of experience going there, attending burlesque or or, mm-hmm. or performing it at all or anything like that. Yep. Um, I'm sure I'm, I'm, I know I'm a dashing <laughs> man and I'd be great on stage. Great at burlesque. I think you would be very popular. Um, but I've seen films, mm-hmm. and they're not very good re- representations. Uh, more than just that, but that's one of them, um, which is probably not a very good. Uh, I mean, I've never seen it, but it's kind of like it's basically very like, cliche. It's a bad word in the yeah. burlesque community. People are like, "Oh, that movie's awful." Yeah, kind yeah. Because yeah. it's like it's not very kind of representative of it. Yeah. I just wonder. I just wondered how much control like promoters or, or club owners have over the the program. Do they do they like to oversee everything to check that the material that's going on stage is. So it's kind of like with comedy, you know, where you will send off like your set, like you'll video it and you'll send it off to the um, promoters and the producers and stuff. It's kind of like that. So you get someone to film your act and you send it to them. Like if they want to ask you to change something, by all means, they can ask you. It doesn't mean you're going to do it. Okay. Because it's like your, that's why, like, that's why I said I liked it because it's like your thing that you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. uh, To be honest with you, though, a lot of like the promoters and the producers and the people that make these burlesque shows are women. Okay. Surprisingly enough. Okay. It's a kind of very female led kind of industry. Um, so they're not going to be like asking you to do like sleazy stuff or anything. It no, might just no, be no. like, Oh, my night has this theme. Can you change your act slightly to include this theme in it? Kind of thing. There's a very big difference between a classy burlesque night than, than like, I don't know, like say something that's slightly more sleazy, like a strip club or something. So people have this misconception that burlesque is a glorified version of another which is which is completely untrue i mean i'm not 
gonna like diss strippers just because they they are very skilled at what they do yeah like i was telling you before i used to live with a stripper and like literally she was an amazing pole dancer like mm. there's definite skill in it and there's definite like people skills as well like you have to yeah 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 if you're not good with people and you're not good at dancing and you're not good at kind of drawing people into like your act i per se then you're not going to be a successful stripper so it's like it's not like I think it's the guys that make it sleazy. It's not like... Yeah, yeah, the, the, the clientele you get. Yeah, yeah, it's not like the kind of act itself that is sleazy. It's more like the reaction to it. So what was the first thought you had to go into comedy? I mean, you did comedy burlesque. Yeah. And then to what was the transition into just stand-up comedy? Well, I'd been wanting to do it for a while, and I was getting a little... So basically... I won um, the British Crown at the World Burlesque Games, and when you win a, like a big thing like that, there's kind of pressure to take it further. Yeah. And I kind of did it at a point where I was happy with the act that I'd got that won the prize, and I was kind of in the process of thinking I actually want to try comedy yeah, because yeah. it kind of doing the burlesque and like succeeding in it, especially the comedy burlesque, had kind of given me the confidence to go. Okay to kind of be on stage and like you have to have stage presence as a burlesque performer or people of course just, yeah you yeah. know you're just going to be stripping to silence which is <laughs> so awkward i've done it before i did it for an art class like this um well, just called? just do 20 years of marriage and you'll get an idea <laughs> of what that's like oh gosh yeah i don't even have a boyfriend so i can't imagine what that is like um <laughs> it was for oh what's it called life modeling so like i did this life modeling class yeah yeah and like they were like, oh, we want you to like do a routine, <laughs> strip down, and we'll like draw you. And I was like, okay, did the routine. The room is silent. <laughs> it's so awkward. I was just like, oh, my God. I can top that. There's something more <laughs> awkward than that. Um, when, I was, uh, when I was 18, I, I was short on money. So I did some life modeling for a university. Uh-huh. And and it was it was naked was it as well. Fully nude. It was oh, fully I've nude. never been fully nude. Yeah. You've never been fully no. nude. No, it was fully nude. Fully nude. And about ten minutes in, I I, I let rip the the worst fart I thought ever. Thought you were going to say you like got pain or something. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I um I just think it's something really awful. Um, if I need to if I need to keep like it under farting in front of a room full of people that are silently yeah. drawing you. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. anyone draw like little? Where, where, where you can see <laughs> on their drawings, you can see like obviously. Um, normal size, <laughs> and then and then it just re- re- reduced in size as as uh, I farted. That, that's away. more. That's yeah. That's, <laughs> they didn't um, draw like a little fart cloud, did they? <laughs> Coming out your bum. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, that was that was slightly embarrassing. But then I just like the, the, the comedy, the comedian in me just turned around and said said, "Oh, excuse me, I just farted." So suddenly it was on my. Was it really loud? It was really loud. Oh god. Um, I, I was like, I don't know if you heard this, but I did just fart. So this is why I could please never compose yourself. I would never be able to do yoga because apparently, like, oh, I've done that before as well. Yeah, started in yoga as (laughs) well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, just a gassy boy. I see my. (laughs) Yeah, it's all those pasties that are comedians, a staple food of comedians. Chameleons. Um, Comedians. Comedians. I was going to say, we have a chameleon. It doesn't eat pasties. You have a chameleon? Yeah, my housemates have a chameleon. Oh, nice, Yeah, nice. He, he eats yeah. bugs and he's covered in salmonella apparently, so I don't touch him anymore. Oh, okay, right, okay. All chameleons are. It's oh, like on oh I see, I see, okay. Yeah. I don't know why you'd want that in your house. I know, um, right? Don't lick a chameleon. chameleon. Yeah. Don't lick a comedian either because that's frowned upon I mean, too. I don't mind if you're a hot boy. but <laughs> Boy? <laughs> Man. <laughs> Over the age of 27. 
Yeah. I just want the listeners I just want the listeners to know that my comedy is a lot more classy than just fart jokes. However, fart and licking jokes. Yeah, fart and licking jokes. I uh, please do come and see me in my comedy club because I'm way better than, than than farting. But if I do fart on stage, I will make a bloody good joke about it. I can assure There's you. There's nothing wrong with fart jokes. I don't have any fart jokes. Oh no, no my f- my opening joke is a fart joke. Oh okay. Oh, oh you're just I lying am. on the podcast. <laughs> Jesus. Where were we? I don't know. We were talking about how you managed to get into comedy. I don't know how you yes. got to farting. Uh, and you did a bit of life drawing. Um, you didn't do some life drawing. You did some life modelling. Yes. And then, yeah, carry on from there. Sorry. I, like, I like really go off on tangents when I No, that's fine. That's what conversation is. Where was I? Oh, you yeah, imagine like, we're just... in a pub, people are listening into the conversation. <laughs> do you know what though? Okay, so the first ever job I said I wanted to do was a stand-up comedian when I was right, four, right? I see. Because there were like three things I used to watch on TV. This is the 80s, by the way. Like, yeah, FYI, yeah. you didn't have all these fancy channels with like Sky and all this Netflix. Just your three stars. channels. Literally, yeah. So I used to watch Flying Doctors. I used to watch Mary Poppins on repeat. Yeah. Because I love that shit. And Mork and Mindy. Yeah. I loved Robin Williams. Like, literally, I love, love, love him. And that was like, I wanted to be a stand-up comedian because of that. And I didn't think, I don't think I really knew exactly what it was. So I was like, I want to be a stand-up comedian and a nurse because my dad was a nurse. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then I found out about the blood and I was like, no. Um, So I was like, oh, I want to be a stand-up comedian. And then somehow it turned into actress. I don't know. Yeah, and then from that, you've got a nurse's outfit. I don't actually have a nurse's outfit. A comedy. (laughs) That's too burlesque. Do they, do people not dress up as nurses in burlesque? Yes, Surely. they do. Yeah. I mean, the most kind of cliche thing I did was a sailor, but it was like a sailor mermaid that was like dancing to like the Lonely Island. All right. I'm on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> but only the top half of you can dance. No, I mean, no. I, so I was like a sailor that turned into a mermaid and was like, oh my gosh, I'm a mermaid. How's this happened? I should take my clothes off. Okay. You just find reasons to take... You have so many excuses to take your clothes off. It's a Tuesday. Take your clothes off. <laughs> uh, yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I just lowered the tone. No, no, it's fine. I, I lowered it with farting. I did. I once did fart on on a bus as well, and there was this big, huge guy near me. It was very sweaty, and blame he got the blame. No, I didn't blame it on him. He just got everyone naturally just blamed. Him. Yeah, and then everyone, most people left. And then he also left in a fluster because he was a bit embarrassed, obviously. And then I just turned round to the people that are remaining on the bus, the, you know, the you troopers. Did. It was me. I just turned around, that was me. <laughs> and there, was a, there were just guys left, and it was just like, they were just like, nice. And that was it, because they were far, far back enough that they didn't smell it. But. I swear, people always fart on the tube near me, and it really upsets me. It really upsets you. Yes. I hate the tube. I hate the tube I, as well. This is why. So I got a scooter, and I literally just scoot everywhere because yeah. I don't like the smell of farts and BO. No, it's not nice. No. I was on the bus the other day. I told her my breath for half an hour because the man had BO that decided to... Half an hour? Half an hour. And you're uh, still alive? Yeah. How did you breathe? You have to, like, breathe... I kept on, like, looking to... Because he was, like, next to me and I was by the window and I kept on, like, looking out the window and being like... <gasps> but, like, trying not to make it obvious because I didn't want to make him feel bad that he had BO. I don't know. I, I find that really funny. I've Awkward situations crack me up. Yeah, I just... I mean, I'd, I'd rather be the person... Watching you turn away and grimace at the person who's sitting next to you smells. I certainly wouldn't want to be the guy that smells because if there's nothing worse than knowing you smell. Yeah, but like you know, like you know, when you can tell someone's a little bit self-conscious. I yeah, feel yeah. like he was a little bit self-conscious. But if he so starts I, I doing that and stuff. Mm, no, he just kind of looked really like shuffly and uncomfortable, and I was like, oh, I feel bad, but you stink so bad, it's making me want to throw up. 
Ugh. It's bad. Yeah, he smelled like mushrooms and onions. Mushrooms and onions. That could yeah. have just been his and healthy B. diet. And B.O. Yeah. I'm pretty sure B.O. just does smell, pretty much smell like mushrooms and onions anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It was horrible. Talking about moving from burlesque comedy to comedy, I, I, I'm quite interested because I, you see a lot of musical comedians, like people like Bill Bailey. I spoke mm-hmm. to Paul Richards last week, who is a fantastic musical comedian, and he, he plays the drums, and he's, he's awesome. And he, he says that it's like a safety net. He's incredible at the drums, so if the comedy stuff goes wrong, then he can just do this. Isn't it right? Like, um, I always feel like it's like... So it's like a crux. It's like a, it's like a, a crutch, I think the word is. Because if you watch quite a lot of, like, this is not me slagging them off, but if you watch a lot of musical comedians, they will have, like, a punchline every, like, 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Rather than, like, being, like, you know, one-liners, they're, like, building up, building up. Punchline. Punchline. And then, but at the same time, they're playing the music, so it's just like people are just calmly kind of like, oh, I can listen to this. Whereas, like, if you're taking too long to do a punchline and you're not, like, you know, giving them something else, like the audience, yeah, yeah. something else, people get bored. And they you need to have listening. something else. You need to have something yeah. about your the way you stand, the way you talk, where you hold your mic. You, mm-hmm. you need to have something about for people to look at while you're, yeah, you know, working through your brain to get to a punchline. Um, but I just wonder if like the the comedy burlesque thing, if did you start finding that the burlesque was like a protective thing over the comedy? Did you find that? Well, the thing is, when I started doing burlesque, I always found it just really awkward to do the classic stuff because I'd always try and turn it into a joke. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I couldn't be sexy. I don't really think I'm, like, that sexy. So, like, if you look at, like... So, my profile picture on Twitter and Instagram is a picture of me taking the piss out of Sandra Botticelli's Birth of Venus, like, yeah. which is, a, you know, a sexy picture. It's a nice naked lady with, like, you know, coming out of a shell. I'm doing it with pizza in front of my veg. Mm. So it's just like, you know, I can't do veg. my veg. It's just, it's just very, very posh for JJ. <laughs> no, no, veg, you know, like, book. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't, no. Must be a London thing. No, it's from this, oh, it's from this really shit movie that's got um, Paul Rudd in. Mm. I can't remember what it's called, but like, he okay, does this good. whole entire speech in the mirror about like, my book, putting my book inside your veg. No, okay. <laughs> that's fine, that's fine. I promise yeah, you, it's like, look it up on YouTube. It's like, it's funny. You can't, you can't die, you can't die on stage here because it's a podcast. I can cut that bit out. It's fine. Okay. I won't cut it out though. <laughs> Great. You know, I think a lot of people will know if they're listening. They will know. What yeah, I'm sure. I'm, like I'm it's sh- a popular thing. I think oh, I can't remember what the movie's called. So I remember when when we met, we were speaking about. Um, well, let's say that your set. You you were speaking about how. You you had like two thousand followers of people that were from the burlesque days yeah, of one thousand. One thousand. <laughs> That's uh, okay. So you had, you had <laughs> don't make me sound better than I am. I'm I'm doing my best. I do my best. <laughs> and and you said you so you, and then you you moved over to comedy. How did you manage to bring those fans over to your comedy, <laughs> or did you? <laughs> I told you how I did it. Okay, so... On had, stage, but the yeah. listeners haven't heard okay, that. Okay, so, so I had, like, nearly a 1,000 followers, or well, have nearly a 1,000 followers on Instagram. Or well, 2,000, as far as I'm concerned. I wish. Um, no. It's kind of... It fluctuates between, like, 967 to, like, 964, like, depending on... Because like, you know when people, like, follow you to follow back? And I'm like, okay. I'm like nah. Um, <laughs> they, then they unfollow you. Yeah, because you don't I don't keep... I don't, I'm not that obsessed by numbers, so I don't... Oh, well, yeah, I'm not, like, too obsessed, but basically I just kind of changed my Instagram Instagram description from burlesque the comedy and no one's noticed. <laughs> yeah, but I, uh, Twitter Twitter went from like this this social thing to actually just like a place for you to vent. 
So I, I, I very rarely read other people's tweets. I sort of just send out a tweet to like, I don't know, a dark void of people that may listen to it, but probably won't. I looked for you on Twitter today because I was trying to tag you in something. Were you? Yeah. Yeah, Luke A. Comedian. Okay, I'm, mm. I was looking for the comedy club. So, yeah, I just think Twitter's, Twitter's like... It's like, a, it's like a therapy session without having a therapist I there. I did the same thing on Twitter, by the way. What's that? <laughs> I just changed it from burlesque to comedy. Oh, so that's on Twitter. And Instagram. And Instagram. <laughs> and Facebook. I don't have, have Instagram yet. You every, need to get it. No, every time I set one up, I... It asked me to like upload a photograph, and then the trouble is that I did, when I, I want to put like links to like the podcast, it doesn't have them as hyperlinks, which means that yeah, no, it just has them as like exactly just writing exactly. So then I, I cut, no one's going to follow those links. So I think you can do it in stories. You can do it in stories. I think so. Yeah. Oh, there's so oh. much faff. <laughs> a lot of faff. I, I, I wish I, you know what it's, it, I, social media is great right because it's it's like an open forum for everyone to have an opinion and talk about everything they want to talk about and um, get shout offended each other shout each other troll each other. each other all that sort of stuff but I really wish and I think most comics wish that they wouldn't have to use social media to promote nights to promote themselves I enjoy it you enjoy it <laughs> Yes, because I always see like really dumb things. Like, okay, so like, just like, you know, that I can post. So the other day I was on my way to Sainsbury's to get something down the bottom of my road. And this is really weird, like knickknack shop. So I live like in this place that's like next to this really posh village. And like it's the knickknack shop is next to Sainsbury's. And in the window, they had a mannequin in a bright pink slanket, you know, like, you know, a blanket with sleeves. Yeah. Holding a like neon yellow leash that was attached to a lamp in the shape of a monkey and i was just like what the fuck is happening here and so you had to take a picture and yeah. send it right so that would for me that that would create 10 minutes of material in a show so i'd i'd then go home or write quite a quick note in my notes on my phone right having a phone's great to do such things like that and then i'll go home and write a 10 minute routine based around that or a sketch or something that centers around that I would not use I feel like I'm wasting material by putting it on social media well I was just like what are they selling like slankets and monkey bottles yeah but then I as a creator I would want to take that and create you can why. do too you can do both surely the best bit of that is the inspiration like when you see that oh this is amazing right you post it yeah. the moment's over for you right so it's gone whereas if I write a quick note to then come back and then create a character surrounding that. The person that does it is a bit of an eccentric and she's got like a perm and she's got a very red face and then you, you, you build up a character behind it. And she, she's, she's, she's like the Susan Boyle who's, who's got like a little weird shop. You and can, You can do both though because yeah. if you think about it, a lot of people that are going to come to your comedy are not going to look at your Twitter. That's true. So the joke's not lost because even if they have seen it, they'll be like, oh, I know this from your yeah. Twitter. So, like, yeah, okay. you know, you're just connecting a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would use, I use, I, I spam the shit out of this and <laughs> I, I would use social media to promote everything I do because it's a necessary evil. Um, I just, I just wish that flyers worked like they used to and business cards worked like they used to. Cause it's a lot easier to spark a book. I, I, I met this, I met this girl once, right? And I was, this is how bad it's got. And I know everyone does material about Tinder and stuff. And I haven't done this material yet. But I was there in a pub and this girl came and approached me and started talking to me. And, and she was like, we got, I was probably about 10 minutes into the conversation. And she was like, are you on Tinder? And I was like, yeah. And then, and then, I, and then she was like, um, 
you could swipe you could swipe right and swipe swipe right on Twitter, Tinder. We could talk on Tinder. And no, I was like, well, so so what you're saying Facebook. is, so you you want to find out if I'm single, and the only reason why the only way you could find out whether I'm single or I want something casual is by asking me if I'm on Tinder. We've just been speaking for ten minutes. Why don't we just have like a normal conversation? But why she did wanted, she just add you on Facebook and then? Well, exactly, yeah. You? And she was, but she she was adamant that I should find her on Tinder. That's, I, you and, were searching through all the women in Cambridge on Tinder until you found her. That's insane. Exactly, and and, she, and her reason was was that she couldn't remember what her Instagram was, but she said, "If you find me on Tinder, I've got Instagrams linked to Tinder." That's very stupid. Does she not have her phone on her? I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 at that point, at that point, I, I sort of yeah, yeah. Yep. I was like, I'm going to swipe left now. Yeah. I just I swiped her face so left. I have like, Tinder. I have never swiped right. You've never swiped I'm right. I'm too fussy. Really? I have my rules. Really? What the are your rules? rules? Taller than six foot, dark hair, tattoos. Those three are musts. Right. There you go. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's pretty much... Um, I mean, those three are usually attached to a giant asshole guy. But, you know, take my chances. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. So you've never swiped right? No. I get too... I have, like, anxiety, so I get, like, really, like, nervous talking to people. So I'm like, if I kind of think a guy is hot on Tinder, I'll just, like, keep on it for like you know a couple of weeks or something and I'll be like oh I quite like it oh I'm not sure oh left (laughs) eventually like after two or three weeks (laughs) (laughs) that sounds awful any any of the listeners that were hoping for Kitty to be single or interested in you do you now know that there are rules and I am single and she's she is single but she's very very (laughs) fussy don't have a face like a model and you're taller than six foot with dark hair then just just keep looking keep on keep on swiping (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is when I get trolls telling me how ugly I am. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you get trolls telling you how... Really? No, but, like... Okay, so if you're a girl on social media and you, like, even, like, make jokes like that, guys are just like, oh, you're, you're ugly anyway, and it's just like, oh, can you just fuck off? There's, there's a, there is a sleaze. <laughs> there, there is, like... The trouble is, there's, like, four women to one man on Tinder. It's the I was listening to something on the radio about about how, like, most women... The average woman's got, like, 500, like, 500 swipes right or something, and then they, they list it there and said, uh, you have 500-plus likes and everything to try and lure them into The thing is, I know a lot of my guy friends that do go on Tinder, which I think is kind of redundant now. I don't think anyone really does Tinder. No, I think Bumble's a new one, isn't it? No, Hinge. Hinge. But, like, a okay, lot no, of my I've, I've been in a relationship for a little while, so... They swipe right, swipe right, swipe right, swipe right, swipe right. Like, they don't care. They'll oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. swipe right because they think, like, any chance... Oh, yeah, I was guilty of that. I was, like, I was like, well, it's a numbers game, isn't it? It's eventually, <laughs> eventually someone will like, like what I look like. Um, eventually. I'm too fussy. I have to see a guy in real life to know if yeah, I like yeah, him or not. It's really bad. <laughs> oh, man. So just, just don't try and find Kitty on Tinder. There's no chance. There's I mean, no you chance. can find me on Tinder, but I'll be swiping all Don't Don't do what my weird stalker girl did and, and try to get me to follow on Tinder. Follow but swipe on Tinder. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Find me on Tinder. Oh, Jesus. Who does that? That's insane. Her. <laughs> Well, at least you're in a relationship now, yeah? Relationship. relationship. I've been living with her. Things been going well. Exactly. You're all good. You're set. I'm set. I'm, I'm settled. Like, sitting there on my evenings off with my period dramas in my, like, Harry Potter slanket. Like, oh, gosh. I don't have to shut the toilet when I go... I don't have to shut the toilet door now when I go to the toilet. Oh, I don't have to do any romance, of that. that's romance, isn't it? I don't have to do any of that. Great. My last boyfriend, actually, on the first ever time I went around his house, thought it would be really funny because I went in for a shower and I was, like, peeing. He thought it would be really funny to open the door on me. 
And I was just like sitting there like mid pee, like, what are you doing? Did you tell him to get out? Yes, I was like, get out. And he was like, oh, I was just trying to trick yeah. you in the shower. And I was like, well, I'm clearly peeing. <laughs> <laughs> the trouble is with that is that in, in a relationship, especially when you live, to, live with each other, the time that you get having a, having a dookie or, or um, having a pee. Is that what we're calling a poop? Is, I'm just trying to be polite, um, <laughs> is me time, right? It's like, this is great time just to like, reflect on my life, sit there. How long taking does it a, take you to Well, I've, I've had constipation for about two years, oh, dear. Um, as far as she's concerned. Oh, okay. Um, but it's just, it's just sitting there, just, oh, mate, this is amazing. I can just, just, just a door close this room, I can just think. I don't have time for long poops, I've got stuff to do. <laughs> oh, no, I, I make time. <laughs> I make time, I... I, I feel like that's like so TMI of me. I well. eat solid food. So I eat lots of steak just uh, just to be able to I mean, do that. I mean, I'm a dirty vegan, so I, 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 and I, I think I think I think the term is dirty meat eater. No, I um, don't care. I no. I don't really like vegans that you know preach and shit. I'm just like eat whatever you want. I'm going to eat whatever I want. There is one thing that will make me a vegetarian or vegan, and that is if we get a shite deal out of Europe. And then have to, we have no if we have no choice but to consume American produce. Oh, they put like a chlorine and shit in it, don't they? Yeah, well, they, they clean their chickens with chlorine. Yeah. yeah, and they feed they feed their cows corn rather than like normal like nutrition mm-hmm. nutritious grass and things like that. They just feed their they feed they feed their cows and stuff with stuff that makes them fat to make them extra fatty and stuff like that. Juicy, yeah, but it's like so not good. If we if you know, if the farming industry shuts down in the UK and we can't get produce in the UK and we have to outsource food from elsewhere, then I would I, I refuse to eat their meat because I I like to think that I'm a conscious meat eater. I did see something um, about how if there was a No Deal Brexit, then the farming industry was going to suffer immensely, massively. Because yeah. I think a lot a lot of their stock comes from Europe and other places, yeah. but and we don't really want to have. It just that's where I draw the line. And, and I mean, I'm not too happy if more people become vegan because one of my greatest sneaks for not sharing snacks is being like, "Oh, do you want this? Um, it's vegan," and people always go, "Oh, no, thanks." <laughs> <laughs> did you ever do that? Um, oh, did you have, did you do gluten free as well? No, no, ugh. no. So you weren't you weren't one of these vegans that did. They were like, oh, I can't have any gluten because it's, it's bad for my bowels. I'm going to have to stay away from it. <laughs> it's bad for my bum. <laughs> <laughs> it's also bad for my bum. But No, no, no. I'm like, I just don't even eat like dairy and meat because, you know. Principle? No, because I... Okay, so when I got with my last boyfriend, I was vegan at the time. How many last boyfriends have you had? Oh, this is the same one that walked in on me with... Okay. Um, <laughs> she said that with venom in her voice. <laughs> And um, <laughs> don't watch me wee, it's not nice. Um, and um, basically, he was like, Oh, it's a deal breaker. Just film it. <laughs> he was like, if, It's a deal breaker if you're vegan. And I was like, Good thing I'm only vegetarian. So no. I had to like pretend that I was vegetarian. But the thing is, if you go vegan for a couple of months, um, you become lactose intolerant. Yep. 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 I put on six pounds because of all the cheese I was eating. Oh, right. Uh huh. Yeah. Ah. So, like, after we broke up, I was like, oh, I should probably go back to being vegan because I am very bloated right now. <laughs> and I put on six pounds and then, like, I lost it pretty much straight away as soon as I became back vegan. It's cheese pure, is bad. Purely vanity. Purely, purely vanity. vanity. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, my partner's from, from Uganda. Yeah. And when we were over there, I had grasshoppers. Now, 
I don't think they're going to catch on. Yowzers. Right? My, chame- well, my housemate's chameleon eats them. They're yeah, tiny. yeah, yeah, they're all locusts. How many did you have to eat? Well, they're just like, they're about that big. You'd have to eat like a whole load of them to get full. Yeah, yeah, but then but they're, they're, they're talking of being able to make them taste like burgers and then give them the consistency oh, of a okay. burger. Oh, okay, I was like, well, they that. In the UK, they want to do that. They, they, they said, if we're going to go forward with this, if we're going to be sustainable, then we could eat we could eat insects and stuff and turn them into things that look so and taste grim. like um, burgers and, and bacon. But if, as a, oh, God... I, I, this is going to divide my listeners right down the middle because I'm sure there's probably equal vegans to meat eaters and, and, and half of the vegans would be principal vegans. That, oh, that, yeah, that just, people that hate me. Oh, my gosh, but, I made a, a vegan joke on twi- on Instagram the other week and some yeah. vegan girl was like, oh, why are you making this joke? And I was like, it's literally just a joke. Calm down. But then maybe maybe I'm, I'm uh, walking a tightrope with doing um, comedy about uh, mental health because... There's stuff that I have I have elements to my comedy. I haven't I haven't done them yet. I haven't done the routines yet. But I've written stuff that's pretty dark um, with like like depression and uh-huh, stuff like yeah. that. It's like um, Sean McLaughlin does one as well. He suffers from bipolar too. Yeah. Where he was his life was so bad that he choked on an antidepressant. I choked on stage the other day. You choked on stage. The I other literally day. was doing an impression of my teenage self. Took a deep breath. It was too deep. And choked for five minutes on stage in front of an audience. The front row were offering me their beers. Offering oh, really to to um that's that's a, so embarrassing. I, I'm going to try that one just Sorry, to get some I free like beer. I feel like I interrupted you talking about something very serious. But no, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, I'm just I'm crying and 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 she's just joking about about beer and shit. Jesus Sozzles. Christ! I know I'm a heartless bitch. What can I say? <laughs> you're, not, you're not winning yourself any fans by oh, saying that. Shit. Unless people like the heartless bitch on stage. Um, I've seen her live. She's great. She's great. She talks a lot about burlesque. No, um, I don't. <laughs> she, says she, she talks about dumping guys. No, I d- I've never dumped anyone. you never dumped anyone? I've always been the person that gets dumped. Why, what do you do that causes people to dump you? Do you know what I think it is, right? I think it's because guys always have this idea of me where they're like, oh, she's a burlesque person. Oh, she's an actress. Oh, look at this person that I've seen like on social media. And mm. then they get to know the real, real me and they're like, oh... She's not actually as cool as I thought. And I'm like, guys, I literally could have told you this. Was so there, again, misconceptions of what, of yeah, what you're going to be? exactly. Um, in all kinds of ways, I'm sure. Yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. And like, also I have this thing where like, I don't super like guys until I get comfortable with them. And then as soon okay. as I kind of show my affection, they're like, oh, get away from me. And I'm like, but I love you. <laughs> so by the, time, by the time you get to the stage, you really love them. <laughs> they're just bored. They're just bored. Well, bored of walking in on me peeing. It gets, it gets old pretty quick, I can assure you. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you've got to, you've got to spice it up and try and walk in while they're having a shit. Oh, my days. I would die yeah. of embarrassment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd just be like, can you smell that? Can you smell that? Can I fucking made that. what the rock is cooking? <laughs> Men, women are proud of their children. Men are proud of their shit. Oh, that's, dear. That's, that's what divides us. That's that's the difference between I mean, men and I women. I mean, I don't mind pooping. I think it's it's a fun activity for all the family. For all the family. <laughs> yeah. Good bit of toilet, uh, toilet humour. <laughs> but most of, the most, most of the most embarrassing or weird stuff that's ever happened to me have happened in toilets. And that sounds really wrong. That sounds like, like I've, I've been followed into a toilet by someone Do you know what? You just made me remember when I, <laughs> when I was That's like... what I'm here for. As an interviewer, I'm here to 
just give you all the limelight. When I was 18, limelight. I walked into, you know, the toilets in Camden, the, the public toilets. Yeah, yeah. I walked into the ladies' public toilets, and there was a homeless lady in there, and she was fully nude, and she had all pubes coming all down her legs, like, all down, and she screamed at me to get out, and I was just like, oh, my God, traumatized for life, cannot go in that toilet anymore. But pubes all the way down her... They, they were like... Oh, I don't know how to explain it. They're about... Three, well, we'll take three, a photo. Three inches <laughs> we'll, down the thigh. We'll do a drawing. We'll do a drawing. We've got... Um, that looks like and a that, minge, And that it? was how I learned... What do they look like? Like that, that don't they? pubes are not neat. <laughs> the pubes are meat. Neat. 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 It depends how you keep them, doesn't it, really? Um, <laughs> I, I go to the flaps. salon. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, I feel like I'm being like, way dirtier than I should be. Depends what you're trying to plug. Are you trying to plug your comedy? Or... Your acting? Or... My pubes. Or your pubes, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't talking about me. She, she was a different woman. Different woman. She, did you get out, by the way, or did you stand there and look out No, shock? I screamed and ran out because she shouted at me. Okay. She was like... Rah, 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 and I was just like, oh my gosh. You said she was homeless. I think you might have just walked in on her home. I think so, for sure. Because she had like all these plastic bags and I just felt very bad for her. I can't think of what that would look like, but... I can bad, just I'm imagine sure. it. It was horrible. It was just like a Victorian... She's having a flashback. If this was a film, I'd be able to do a cutaway <laughs> to a memory she had. You, you know when you see like those period dramas with like the ladies with the really big minges? It was like that. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was very 70s. Yeah, we've evolved since then. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of ladies are going back on it now and being like, yes. Oh, natural and all Never that. Yeah, yeah, hair. yeah. And I'm like, let me not grow it. Thank oh, you. We're, all, we're all becoming Amish and, and digital nomads now is the new thing. I get away from basically that someone that doesn't rely on the, them like tech and stuff like that and then an Amish obviously is someone who oh, yeah, uh, just lives li- just cavemen basically but in modern day that, that's probably really They're offensive not cavemen to... in modern day they just don't use technology just, and they yeah. also don't shave they shave in very weird patterns do they? yeah because they have beards but no moustaches have you not seen? they keep that bit yeah they clean. like shave that bit off but they've got like the big old beard around their chin though, so they've got like chin straps it's because it's because the tash gets caught on the pubes when they're going down on someone. Oh, my days on the really long lady pubes. Imagine, like you know, like Velcro. Yeah. This is why I don't date boys with beards, but I don't have big pubes. Oh my gosh, why am I saying this? <laughs> she's single and she really needs a boyfriend to keep her busy. Um, and then she'll realise why she's single again because she'll know that she's not meant to be in a relationship. Yes. Do you know what this podcast is, seems to be becoming? About like I with Don Mackey, I was trying to sell him to to women as well, and it, it sounds like I'm I'm actually this a bit just of a pimp. Actually, a dating podcast. I think so. It? Yeah. Is this why you invited me on? <laughs> Are you pimping me out to all the Cambridge boys? Well, you know, we're meant to be respectable people in Cambridge, but people forget that in Cambridge. They're, most of the people that study in Cambridge aren't from Cambridge, so the rest of us are poor and, and have shit jobs. So don't. So most of the Cambridge guys are probably aren't worth. Just hang around the colleges, and you'll meet someone who's probably I mean, worth dating. I'm thirty four, so if I hang around colleges, I'm probably going to get done for like paedophilia or something. Well, you can't know with the no, but universities. I mean, the oh, okay. university colleges are okay. at least at least eighteen. Depends. Well, the Cambridge University, they may, they may be studying at 14. I mean, at 18, I'm still old enough to be their teenage mum, so maybe not. She's got, the trouble is, she's got so many conditions that, you know, <laughs> you know like on a, on a dating app, you have like filters. She filters, if she uses filters on a dating app, you'd be left with just a couple of people like in the world. like when you go on spare room and you, go, and you put all the filters in for like oh, where all you your requirements. Live, and it's like two flats that you yeah. could have, and you're like, they're both shitholes. <laughs> I'm going to have to get back in contact with anyone that has been single on this podcast and just, like, get them back on and just see if they've found found someone. Because oh, I thought you were going to, like, try and put us together. I'm just saying that I've now got... 
I've got a few clients. Um, I've got I've got Dom Dom Mackey who's touring. I'm sure he'll find someone by the end of that. <laughs> and then I've got Kitty who's also looking for a handsome man. Yes. Uh, above six foot. At least six foot with a beautiful face. With a beautiful. Preferably tattoos. Like, yep. so are you talking like Towie sort of look? I'm talking like normally boys in like pop punk bands. Yeah, pop punk. I understand. Yeah, like all time low. But then, but then you were just saying that you'll get done for paedophilia by hanging around outside colleges. But you're pretty much listing sixteen year old. Do you realise that most of the boys that are in pop punk bands are like my age now? Now, but they weren't. Yeah, when, when you when I was their age <laughs> then. Oh, so you still want them, but just sixteen years older than what yeah. than what they were? Okay. No, Right. Yeah, no, the youngest I'll go is 27. The youngest you'll go is 27. Yeah. Okay, so anyone who's 27, above six foot, dark hair, Jesus Christ. <laughs> being, being a dating agent is very, very difficult. Um, oh, it's a pain in the ass. Shit, I'm, I'm even stressed now and I'm not even single. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. All right, this is a great podcast. I can't wait to get some more reviews about this. So you went from burlesque comedy to comedy. What's the worst gig you've ever done? Okay. I'm not going to name names, but it was a competition that I did not realise was a competition. Right. And when I say competition, I mean gong show competition. Oh, so it was a gong show? It wasn't the gong show. It It was was a gong show, yeah. a gong show style. And... You could just tell the audience were there to be assholes. Right, okay. And, like, I, the thing is, I was really sick as well. Like, I lost my voice for, like, three days that week. So I was literally just recovering my voice and feeling like shit. And I turned up, and, like, the audience were just douchebags. And I went on stage. But you had, like, venom in their eyes. They of. were just there to be assholes. They were just there to, like... That's what a gong show is, not though. ...not enjoy themselves. And I'm like, why are you there if you're there just to be cunts? Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I got on stage, and, like, you know when... Just, Died basically. Died and was very ill as well. And I was just like, "This is the worst show I've ever done." And it literally took me about five days to recover from it because I was just like, "Am I not funny?" It was horrible. Yeah, we've well, we've all died on stage, but some are worse than others. Where when you've got when you've got an audience that have been told to be venomous. Yeah, it was about three hundred of them, and I was just yeah. like, they're, they're, "They are there to rip you apart." I know a lot of comics that like experienced comics that have been at it for a while. I've met a guy. Brilliant, brilliant comedian, and I, I met him at Mirth Control Comedy um, recently in Cambridge. Uh, Adam Francis, who's never done one, he never will do, and he's been in the game for twenty odd years. I will so. never fucking do one ever again. I only booked it because I was just going for any gig yeah. that was kind of asking for people, and I yeah. didn't realise it was that type of show until I got like. I kind of looked into it a little bit more, and then was like, "Oh shit!" And then I was like, "I can't really pull out now, so might as well." Even yeah. though I was sick. I right. should have. I should have literally gone. You're sick. Don't do this gig. But no. Yeah, it wasn't good. It, wasn't it was. Good. It was awful. All right. So let's let's lift the mood back up and okay. again. Tell me about your best gig you've ever done. I don't know. I've had quite a few good gigs. I have more good, good gigs than bad gigs. Oh, well, that's good. Few. That's a good sign. It's always a good sign. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't think I've ever had like the best yet. I don't think I've had the best gig yet. Just because like, if I get people to laugh, like you know, consistently, then it's a good gig for me. Yeah. Uh, the best gig would be sort of your live at the Apollo or filling an arena or something. You know, that's. I mean, I've not done that yet. Yet, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you, you know, you, you never want to say, you never want to say, you never want to be content with a gig in a sense that you get too comfortable. You want to always be thinking that, oh yeah, I, this was amazing, but I can do better. This is amazing. But take but the wins where you get them. This is what happened, and this is how I'm going to change yeah. it to make people laugh. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I haven't had the best gig yet, but. 
Bits but you've coming. had amazing gigs. It's you, coming. Yeah, it's no, coming. I've had really good gigs. Let's hope tonight's a good one. Mm. Yeah. And when you when you do die on stage after the Gong Show. How do you pick yourself up? What I did was, um, I mean, obviously, I've I've only been doing this since November, the comedy yeah. thing. So, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I know everything. But I will say what I did was I kind of reworked my whole entire set. I went, why am I starting with material that's not as funny as the stuff that's in the middle of my set? Because I used to kind of do, like, a slow build-up yeah. to, like, this, my funniest jokes. So now I've kind of spaced them out. And, you know, it's always good. Like, it doesn't matter if you've got, like, a solid set. Play with it. See yeah, if something yeah, yeah. works better in the beginning. See if something... Because, like, obviously, I have an act- acting background. I'm not just saying this from, like, you know, pulling out of my arse or anything. Like, play with what you've got. See how the audience respond, because they're the ones that are, like, the most important. doesn't matter if there's a joke that you love. If the audience hate it... Don't use it. Don't use it or change it until they love it. So, to pick yourself up, do you just change things about change until you're satisfied? You just keep on going. Yeah. Like, literally, don't be like, I've had a really shit gig, I'm going to quit. Yeah. Go, no, like, take it as an opportunity to learn, pick yourself up, keep on going. Because if you just quit as soon as you have a shit gig... There'll be no comics in the world. This is not for you. <laughs> like, no, exactly. It's the same thing, like, it used to happen with burlesque. You'd sometimes have, like, a really just silent audience and you'd be like, why am I doing this? Like, no one was enjoying my act. And then, like, you know, you could do it... I'm just punishing them for no reason. even just, like, if you go up to Edinburgh, like, the audience changes from day to day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just depends who is in the audience because, you know, everybody is different. Everybody finds different things funny. You'll you'll eventually get your audience and they'll love everything you say. Exactly. Yeah. When you look at the experience comics and they have, like, dedicated followings and that's, like... They can basically say anything and people will laugh. Exactly, because they understand, like, what they've got going on. Yeah. Yeah. And what does the next year hold for you and, and beyond that? So I'm going up to Edinburgh again in... How, how many Edinburghs have you, have you done? One? I did you? one when I was doing Burlesque. And yeah. then I was going to do another one, but I looked at hotel prices and went, oh my gosh, I've looked, left it too late. Um, so I booked that already, so I'm going to be going up there. Um, last time I did it, I was doing Burlesque and stage managing. <laughs> but I'm going to go up there... Um, Try and get some gigs. If I don't get any gigs... So I'm, you're not going up there with a set, you're just going to go and just see how it there, goes? See how it goes, see if I can get anything. But if not, it's my holiday. I'm just going to go and support, watch people. Mm. Um, maybe take a burlesque costume up with me. Maybe offer my stage managing services. Like, you know, maybe try and make some moolah while I'm up there. But, like, you know, more importantly, go and watch some comedy and, like, all in one place. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. I mean, I've, I've not done a, I've not done a Edinburgh Fringe yet. I've applied this year, I may do an hour up there this year um who knows i might just go up there and like do a series of different five minute sets yeah. i don't know um but it, it does hemorrhage cash so oh literally you, there, have, you so. have to be prepared to either break even or make a loss and the only yeah. reason i broke even last time was because my train got delayed by an hour and i was like oh delay repay oh nice <laughs> nice love it yeah we live for that but that's it just keeping on going with the comedy evolve myself and where do you want to take it where do you want to take it where's you know five years where where do you see your comedy going where would you want it to go I mean to be honest with you like I have never kind of given the acting up I've never really given the burlesque up I just you know I want to be somewhere like creative I want to be kind of supporting myself doing creative stuff rather than because like my day job like as I told you is like in theatre anyway but like that's more front of house than kind of on the stage so 
I just think something creative where I'm, in, you know, properly enjoying what I'm doing. I'm creating stuff. I'm making people laugh and I'm entertaining people. But, like, I, I couldn't, like, presume to think that I would be doing a specific thing in the yeah. next five years. Yeah. I just want to see, like, where it goes. Because you can, you know, you can never really predict where anything is going to go. No, just take it as it comes. It's like, still performing, basically. But it would be nice, be nice to make a living out of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, that's the ultimate goal always, yeah. isn't it? Wow, some eye-opening subjects there. But what a lovely conversation. You can follow Kitty on social media. If you look in the description notes for the episode, there'll be her Twitter handle and Instagram, so you can follow her on that. But one of the things I absolutely love about doing this podcast is that it doesn't matter how much preparation I do in the way of research or questions or social media stalking to find out what the comedians are being up to, I can never, ever predict the conversations that we're going to have. It just seems to flow. But if you did enjoy this conversation as much as I did, then please do share it with your friends, subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to it. It really does help. As always, your contributions to the podcast are always welcome. So if you, you're feeling super generous, please nip over to the website www.lukeantonycomedy.co.uk forward slash podcast and hit the donate button. There's also a mailing list form on the website if you'd like to receive news about the podcast, any gigs, the Bridge Comedy Club and anything else happening in my world of comedy. So please do go over there and sign up. That'd be great. If you haven't already, also take a listen to the conversations I had with Nessie Ward, Don Mackey and Paul Richards. There were awesome conversations as well. And I'll be back with another conversation with another comedian next week. So bye for now. Hello, I'm Luke Anthony. Do you love hearing about the stars, careers, lives and mental health? Well, Meet the Stars is a brand new podcast all about that. Join me every week from Wednesday the 2nd of December for an excellent conversation with a different star each episode. Simply go over to members.starevents.online to become a member which gives you exclusive access to every episode and so many other brilliant features just for you. See you there.